0: Welcome to another episode of Bleachers and Boards, brought to you by the Hoopheads Podcast. I'm Marlon Guild, and along with my co-host, Matt Collier, we'll analyze everything from hoops to hip hop. Check us out.
1: Hey, Hoop heads. we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off.
0: Welcome to another episode of Bleachers and Boards brought to you by the HOOPHEADS podcast. I'm Marlon Gill and I'm here with my co-host Matt Collier. Matt, what's going on? What's going on, man? What's going on? You all right? Everything's good. You know, get, getting back to normal. Uh, okay. That's a good thing. Got got some time on the court a little bit. All right. All finals right. is over, so right. we'll hopefully it's time for us to start up. But we're going to get past all that, man. Uh, okay. All right. We've been waiting on this episode, or for oh, this, no I, I should say, to come on for quite some time. Absolutely. Uh, He is... You know what this feels like? I'm going to set this up right. This feels like the 90s playoffs, man. Mm. first mix. Mm. Right? Chicago versus New York. High intensity. Yeah. And, and it's going to be that today. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we got a uh, Chicago native, but uh, right now he's at Florida Atlantic, uh, assistant uh-huh. men's basketball coach, Akeem Miskadine. Hey, what's going on, brother?
2: Man, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. That's that's a good setup right there. It's going to be high intensity, and high intensity, but you know who comes out with the win. So,
3: oh, okay. He's talking spicy already. He's talking yeah. spicy. I like it. <laughs>
2: hey, <laughs> hey, setup. I'm going to say this. Ain't no Charles Smith
0: missed layups today. <laughs> no Charles Smith
3: today. <laughs> i early. He started early throwing people <laughs> under the bus. I love it. Yeah. I'm starting
1: early.
0: Nah, but you know, no. What man? All jokes aside, uh, Akeem, when we first uh, came out with this platform. Man, you were one of the guys that we wanted to have on. Um, you know, we had to call the FAU uh, secretary to reach you. I uh, had to leave an email um, that didn't get responded to. But hey, luckily, <laughs> you know, we got you on social media, and we were able to get through uh, the channels that we needed to get through to the to get you on here, so... Big time. We're just happy to have you on, man, because we've been dying to have you on the episode, man, so happy to have you on
2: here. Man. Uh, I'm glad I'm on here. You know, what you guys messed up is, you, you guys got to get a hold of my wife. That's... <laughs> that's who hold all the cards. Forget the secretary, forget everybody else. <laughs> got to get a hold of my wife. <laughs> hey, now we know. Right.
0: <laughs> no, Uh But, you know, before we get into everything, Man, just you know, tell the people a little bit about yourself, man.
2: Obviously, you guys said it. Uh, from Chicago, moved all throughout Chicago area. Got a lot of pride in in that city and in, in that state alone. Um, married to LaShera Miskidine. Went to uh, she went to ODU. Got a daughter, one year old daughter. Um, this season will be my thirteenth season coaching. Uh, you know, I'm blessed to be able to do what I love to do for thirteen seasons. You know, been at. Been at different levels, D2, uh, a low major, mid-major. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's all basketball. And uh, I'm fortunate to, you know, still be coaching uh, and still have a job throughout this time, you know, with, with everything that's going on uh, for me to still have a job and, and be able to do what I love to do. I mean, I'm very fortunate. No doubt about it. And, you know, for
0: our, our listeners, you'll be able to see this on the YouTube page, but Matt is itching have the bits to get this started. <laughs> um, you know he is on one right now, and, and Matt's usually excited for all the episodes. You got, you can feel him, and and you'll be able to see this on the YouTube. he is ready to go. So Matt, I'm just gonna let you start off and, and ask a question. I'm just gonna try to fill in wherever
3: it is I can, man, because you you are, this is game seven for you right now. Nah, but you know, Keem is my man. I've known Keem for you know for a, for a while. Um, good dude, real good dude. You know, good basketball coach. So I have nothing respect. Forget,
0: forget all that. Get, get to no, what, no 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 because I wouldn't. Don't know, set know, it up you know, like, like just go I don't want to
3: make it seem like you know I don't want to make it seem like we bring people on here just to you know just to go at them just you know like it's uh <laughs> we try to gang up on them that type of thing. That's that's not what we do. You know, we we just like to have some fun. But uh, you know. Keem is a very uh, prideful person from uh, the Chicago land area, as he should be. It's a great city. Cold. Cold in the winter, but it's, you know, really nice city, um, you know. So, but, you know, we kind of do a little pre-show interview behind the scenes and uh, try to get, you know, get a feel for everybody. And um, uh, Coach said something very interesting about um, – he didn't just say what made reference to what he wanted to talk about. He made a very bold statement and just came out and said that uh, he wanted to talk about how Chicago pizza was better than New York pizza. And that was the, you know, that was the battery in the back to say, okay, now we definitely have to get this dude on here, straighten this out right now. So, but but he is a a guest. So it's only right that we give him the first opportunity to give his side as to why he feels that way. And then we can go from there. So coach, uh, you know, before we get into the basketball thing, uh, I would love to uh, hear your version of how that could in any way, shape, or form be possible. But I would, I'm would, i eager to hear uh, your feelings on that <laughs> as to how, how that's even remotely
2: possible. So please go ahead, Coach. Well, when you're from an area like Chicago, one of the best cities in the world, you're going to be biased toward any food, but in particular pizza. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have deep dish pizza. And we have, uh, you know, regular slices of pizza, but the deep dish pizza is what we're known for. And that, and that in general, like you guys don't have that. You guys don't have deep dish pizza. Um, so we have different different varieties of pizza, and that's what makes our pizza better. Like when you go to a restaurant, you don't want to just get this one pizza. You want to see, all right, what, what different types of pizzas do, what different si- sizes I can get and stuff like that. I can eat one deep dish pizza and be filled I don't know if you guys can do that in New York. I know one thing you guys can do, and this might be a low blow, low blow, but I'm just keeping the buck. Like, the pizza in New York is so, so oily. Like, you might can put oil on your hands. That's how oil oil pizza is in New York. You might can use it as like lotion. That's not oil. I'm not saying the pizza is bad. I'm just saying that if you need some oil in your car, you probably can use New York pizza with oil. Either. You not stop it either. Keep going. Keep going.
1: Keep
2: going. I, know, <laughs> I just that's is the, uh, is the pizza oily or not? Uh, I All mean, right, not word, but I'm just saying uh, it has, it has man, a lot of oil man. on the pizza. All right, <laughs> Coach. Coach, <laughs> you want,
3: Coach? You want to respond to that first? No, nah,
0: hey, hey, I'm letting you take this because. You, you, go, just go ahead. Go ahead, because I got right. some
3: other things I want to ask. So, you go so, so, full disclosure, like I said, I've been to Chicago a couple of times. Doing a, you know. So I'm saying, of course, and I agree there's a bias, right? I'm from New York. So there's always going to be an inherent bias. But I went, you know, I heard a lot about Chicago pizza, you know, the deep dish. And so I went in with, um, you know, being open-minded. And don't get me wrong, Chicago pizza, quote unquote, is very tasty. It's very good. My whole thing is, I don't think it's pizza. Oh wow! Mm. It's 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 a deep dish casserole.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: ouch! It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. That that would be that would be my thing. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. It's good. It's very good. Tastes good. But it's not pizza. That would be my only criticism of of it. And like I said, and I, I you can tell me is is Giordano's legit? Is that a is that a, a Chicago's pizza spot? That's pizza, like
2: pizza, G, Giordano's is a, is a reputable Chicago pizza spot. OK, sorry. So that's, a a, that's bag. That's those are, you know, some of the best pizza spots
3: we have. Okay, so so I went to one of the ones that you could say yes, that's official sure Chicago pizza. And like I said, so I went there. It, it was very good. I'm not going to lie and say, but pizza is not supposed to be eaten with a knife, knife and fork. A valid point. It's not supposed yeah. to be eaten with a knife and fork. So, the whole thing about the the, the grease and the oil <laughs> and all of that. I'm not even going to get into that conversation. Obviously, it depends where you go. The better pizza, of course, is not oily. So you might have, you know I mean, you might have got bamboozled into going to the wrong yeah, spot. I, I
2: probably it. went to a different spot because after I ate a piece in New York, yeah, like yeah. Well, there. who who did you go with? Who did you go with? This is when. This is actually when uh, when we were playing you guys when you okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. To the start, okay, Square Garden. This is a long time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah Big yeah. Apple class. I, I didn't think the pizza was bad. I was just like, man, this pizza has so much. Went, Let me ask you. Did you go to Zubaro? you went to That was across the street from the garden. I, I think so. And that doesn't oh, no, 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 count. Cool. Like, I, I don't know for a fact, but I just was like
3: experience. I was like. And you know what I'll do? You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take full responsibility for that. And I'm going to say that, because we were cool, you know, Hampton and Howard rivalry and all that, but me and you were cool. So I should have reached out and say, all right, team, if y'all come into the city, you want some good pizza, let me make sure, you know, I, I take care. You get a good spot to deliver to the hotel or whatever it is so you can get the true experience. So I will take the full L on, well, the yeah, the, the I'll take the full L on that, that I didn't you know, reach out and make sure that you were taken care of. So you could, you could make a fair assessment of, of the difference. But so
2: let's um, do this. next time I'm in New York, whether we have a game, practice, um, recruiting or whatever, mm-hmm. you'll tell me a place I need to go. Next time you're in Chicago, I'll yep. tell you a place you need to go. So where you're not thinking our pieces, uh, Casserole. <laughs> I'm not thinking y'all is <laughs> The oil change.
3: That's fair. That's fair. We can definitely do that. We can, d- and then we will do that. We will definitely. And then do
2: that. we'll. Then we'll. You know, be honest. Yeah, and, then, and then
3: we'll go from there. Absolutely, I'm have with that. Part two on the show. Absolutely, I'm with that. There you go.
0: There you, go. You, you heard it here first. We got the Chicago New York pizza challenge. Uh, whenever these guys get to their respective places of choice for pizza. You know, Coach Akeem, you will be back on here, and we're going to talk about
3: it. So... now Taste tested. I'm down. I'm down. All
0: right. But now, moving forward, because this Chicago-New York rivalry is more as <clears throat> pizza, right? I, I, I think, you know, on, on the basketball court, it's a big thing. Akeem, I'm just going to throw this out to you, right? Because Chicago has done... It messed up my childhood. I'm going to be honest with you. It messed up my childhood. <laughs> yeah, from, <laughs> from 91 to, you didn't even say 94, right? Because that, that was a foul. I'm, that wasn't a foul. Excuse me. The Hugh Hollins call. Yeah, I was going to say. That's, that's not a foul. That's one of the worst calls i ever seen in my life. Rest in peace to Hugh Hollins, but that was not a foul. Uh So, but from 91, 92, 93, and then, you know, when when our guy went to go play baseball, and then I want to say in 96, the Bulls took the Knicks out. Um, But so for me to get past all that, I'm just going to ask you this. Was Michael Jordan in the picture when John starts dunked on? Does Mike count as getting dunked on?
2: See, see, that's a that, that's a Chicago like answer. I did a Chicago bias. Okay, let me let me be straight up. Yes, he was in the picture. But <laughs> when I think of when I think of Jordan and Starks, me personally, when you said when Michael Jordan was, was he in the picture, I'm thinking about when Mike did his baseline dunk. When he faked Starks out and he dunked on you. That's my first thing I think about. And I what's crazy is John Starks was one of my favorite players on the New York Knicks. Like I didn't like the Knicks, but I liked his spiciness and he wasn't scared. But when you think of John Starks and Michael Jordan, I think about the the whoopsie do on the baseline and Jordan going to get one. Yeah. Charles Oakley was in there too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and we, we know why Oak didn't foul him because they, they was boys. That's his man. Um, You know, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, right, because we're, we're going – I'm not going to give Chicago too much credit. What
2: do y'all think of Charles Smith? Man, he played for us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he, he did. He did. He, he did. And,
0: and he watched, I go for baby. <laughs> Close to twenty. What are we? Twenty nine. Twenty nine years later. Twenty eight years later. Like the last dance was was torture for me to watch because it, it brought back so much bad memories. Because all he had to do was dunk the ball. He dunks the ball. We win that series. I I I think that 92-93 team, you know, you gotta remember they were first, the Knicks were first in the East that year. They were 62 and 20 around there. And that was the one, and we had known what it took, right? Because we the year before, we had brought the toughness with Xavier McDaniel. He was only there for a year. X-Men was only, only there for a year, but he gave a kind of toughness that New York hadn't had before. So 92-93. You got to remember, they got rid of Mark Jackson. Next, Knicks got rid of Mark Jackson, they got rid of Gerald Wilkins. Uh, they brought in Doc Rivers, who uh, wants mm-hmm. to go by Glenn now, by the way, for our Philly. Where
2: is he, where's he from?
0: He's
3: from Chicago. Yep, he's a Chicago guy.
0: Yep. You said
2: bring in toughness,
0: you <laughs> I set myself up for that one. Set myself up. But needless to say, that was our year. And that game five was – it was so – Devastating. Um yeah. so all he had to do was dunk the ball. And I'm not going to say what I want to say because, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll have some young listeners on here. But uh, but anyway,
3: anyway. Well, I'll just say I was disappointed in that game too. And I was – and in and, and Charles Smith. Uh, I'm not a Knicks fan. You know, I grew up in New York and hated the Knicks growing up. But I was a huge uh, Charles Barkley fan. And I was, even though I wasn't, I don't like, I didn't like the Knicks, I was actually rooting for the Knicks because I felt like, okay, if they get, if the Knicks could pull this off, my boys with the Suns, we got this, we're good. My man's getting a ring. <laughs> my man is getting a ring. So I was actually hoping that Charles Oakley, would, I mean, uh, uh, Charles Smith was going to make, uh, make that shot. So then we could have the Knicks in the finals. And I, we was taking
2: that. We were taking that. See, this is my thing. I, was, I was upset at Charles Smith, too. About the early 90s, and this is my argument with some of the younger guys, and they didn't watch, you know, the early 90s. But the Bulls' team wasn't that great. We, I know we give Scottie Pippen a lot of credit, but at the time he wasn't Scottie Pippen. You know, he was 15, 16 points a game, and Mike was averaging like 30. And he was good, but he wasn't Scottie. So I do think overall the Knicks probably had better players over, from top to bottom. But, I mean, obviously, you know, when you got Michael Jordan, it's something different. Like, if you go top to bottom, the Knicks probably – Patrick Ewing or Bill Cartwright, I mean, you're probably going with Pat Ewan. Like, if we go all the way down the list, the Knicks probably had better players and more mature players that had – guys that had more experience, I should say. But when you got somebody like Michael Jordan, it's just tough. Yeah, nah.
0: That he was, that – I'm going to say he still is in, in my opinion.
2: And that's why I said the first three championships, everybody wanted to say Michael Jordan, he only played one Hall of Famer. I mean, those dudes back then, it was a total different game. I mean, you're going to the basket, almost risking your career. And the other thing is, I mean, Scottie Pippen wasn't a Hall of Famer in the first three years of those championships. Like, he wasn't. Now, the last three years, we had some dudes. Like, you have a star playing Dennis Rodman that you don't have to worry about rebounding because he's going to get every rebound. You have Scottie Pippen, who's a Hall of Famer. Like, we had some dudes. But the first three championships, we didn't have dudes. And we had, like, John Paxson and everybody. I love John Paxson. But he averaged, like, five or six points a game. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have dudes. Yeah. Nah, a, a valid point. But I think Mike was just that good. Um,
0: yeah, Mike was two players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A heart, a heartbreaking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Dream
3: dream crusher.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not going to give Chicago too much credit. I'm going to say it was more Charles Smith's fault. Um, (laughs) But anyway, we're going to fast forward. And this is something, before we get into the basketball talk, man, this this is something that I really wanted to ask you, Uh, me personally, just being a fan of the game and and knowing the history of the game of basketball. So you went to legendary St. Joe's High School. Right. What was that like walking in there every day, knowing that this was the place that Isaiah Thomas, who I think is the most underrated Hall of Famer of all time, what was it like just walking through the hallway saying, Wow, this is where Zeke went? This is the court that he played on, uh, you know, playing for a guy like the legendary Coach Ping, who had so many guys, you know, come through there. But Zeke, when I think of Isaiah Thomas, you know, I, I think of Little God that just just destroyed everybody. But, you know, what I think with St. Joe's as well, what really got me started on St. Joe's and learning the history was hoop dreams. But it started with Zeke. You saw the affinity that Arthur Agee had for Zeke, man. But, but you talk about what that was like, man, just walking through those halls at St. Joe's and playing, you know, for that legendary program, knowing – the history of a guy like Isaiah
2: Thomas? Uh, two words, I would say. Well, three words. Greatness, uh, pressure, uh, and discipline. Like, when I was coming out as eighth grader, I was one of the best eighth graders in, around around the area. I'm, Chicago, and you got all these suburbs in Chicago, so we moved to Bellwood, Maywood. Uh, it's a part of Cook County. When you talk about Cook County, some great players come from Cook County. Um, but you talk about pressure, And you talk about, you know, when you step through those doors. Matter of fact, in eighth grade, I think I had braids. And I knew I couldn't go to St. Joe's with braids because you're talking about the tradition. So you're talking about wearing a tie every day. You go from wearing whatever you want to a tie to wearing the uniform. um, And you talk about playing for a a guy like Coach Pingator who held you accountable in every aspect of life. I remember Coach Pingator took me to a Big Ten um, game. They had the the tournament at the United Center, and Coach took me to the game. And I was kind of, you know, a freshman, so I really didn't want to talk to him, you know, kind of shy to talk to him or anything. Um, And after the game, he dropped me off. I didn't say thank you. So next morning, he said, hey, man, I dropped you off, and you didn't say thank you. He's like, no matter what anybody does for you, you should be saying thank you. Somebody do anything for you, say thank you. And that always stuck with me. So I say thank you too many times now just because of what he said. You know, I just remember not saying thank you and I felt bad. Um, Just little stuff like that, like holding yourself accountable. Like this is your turnover, man. You're going to run for this. You know, it's so much stuff that I learned from playing there and just the tradition, like, and the pressure too, like the pressure to learning how to handle pressure. Like it was pressure to win. You couldn't go to class after you lost. Like, the, the regular students are like, man, I can't believe you guys lost to Maris or Bennett. I can't believe you guys lost to them. Like, Kim, you have four turnovers. So it was almost like you're already in college. Mm-hmm. Then the biggest thing is when you leave there and you go, so I went there and went to junior college. Then I, that's when I really was like, man, I play for a great program and a great coach because you find out guys don't know what jump to the ball mean. Guys never done shell. Guys can't make a left-hand layup. Guys don't know what anything is. Guys don't know how hedging. You know, guys don't know, you know, who should be the, the, uh, the end guy on ball screen defense, who should be the tag guy. You just learn all that stuff in high school. And I'll, I'll tell you one other thing. Coach are always kept a practice plan. So I, every place I went, if you didn't do practice plans, I'm like, what kind of program is this? Like, you don't have practice plans? Because mm-hmm. al- he already has one. I remember looking, trying to sneak over and look, hey, what we have for practice today, what some of our guys may do now. So just all of that stuff, man, just prepared you for not only basketball, but prepared you um, for life after. Because one thing – the other thing that he did, uh, because he did so many things, was even though he was really hard on us, like really hard, (laughs) like where you want to fight him sometimes, when that basketball stopped, he was just a different person, so nice, you know, going to talk to you. How's your family? Like everything. My brother passed away when I was a freshman in high school. And he was so involved, like he was like another family member, brought the whole team to the funeral, made sure everything was straight. Like if you want to play, you don't want to play, I don't care. Like you got to be straight. So he's important to us and, and God rest his soul, he passed away last summer, but he was a big part of uh, who I am and uh, who a lot of people, a lot of my teammates and a lot of people that attended St. Joe's, not only basketball players, but uh, regular students, who they are today.
1: Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Bleachers and Boards with Matt Collier and Marlon Guild. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the, the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, The Player's Court, and our team focused NBA pods, Cavaliers Central, a 305 culture Miami Heat podcast, Blazing the Path, Grizz and Grind, and Nuck if You Buck. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA.
3: That's, that's cool. awesome. Great start.
0: Well, now, you know, you, you fast forward, and like you said, uh, you've been in, in the coaching profession for 13 years now. Um, you know, and any point, man, do you still like pinch yourself like, yo, I'm here? And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I'm in year 13 as well, but we've been fortunate, right? Because this is what we do for a living. Um, And some people look at it like, okay, I got to get up, go to work, and I have to wear this. I always say, yo, I've only got to wear a suit at least 30 times a year, and this year, if we have the season, we, we go on polos and slacks, uh, this year, right?
2: But you have a picture yourself, say, like, Wow, like this is w- what I do, man. Every time I get up, you know, and, and we talked about this, Marlon. You know, we read a book called Atomic Habits, right? Right, and, like, book, by the way, shout out to James Clear. great game, really good book, man. I suggest if anybody looking for a new read, they read it. But it talks about, you know, I uh, got to versus I get to. So every morning I get to be a basketball coach. And when you start, you know, when you start coaching, you just think like when I started coaching, I was, I wanted to be a high school coach. I'm going to go back to St. Joe's. I'm going to be there with Ping. I'm going to get, you know, get guys from the community to come to St. Joe's and, you know, some, what my coaches did for me. But it just so happened I ended up at college. So, just being at the college when your your dream was just to be a high school coach. I get to be a college coach. That's, that's incredible. I get to sit in the office and talk to you guys about life and basketball. I get to coach young guys. Like, you know, we talked about uh, off air. Like, we have stuff that we get to do tomorrow morning. Like, I get to work out some guards tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Like, I'm excited about working those guys up. So, when I wake up, it's not like, oh, man, I got to do this. Oh, I get to get in the gym and rebound and instruct. Some guards on finishing and shooting, man, that's a good life. Nah, no question. So I pinch myself every day. Nah, for,
0: for sure. And I, I think we all do, do the same. Now, you know, for you, what we wanted to do, man, was something a little different. So we've had guests come on and they kind of focus on, you know, one thing, whether it be offense or, or defense. And, you know, that's no knock on the other guests. This was just, you know, something that we thought of uh, to have you on. You know, for that opportunity that's coming for you to become a head coach, uh, you know, just share with with our listeners and our viewers a couple things you would do on the defensive end as well as maybe a set or two that you would run on the offensive end and and why. So, you know, the floor is yours, man. If you want to start with offense or defense, uh, it's up to you.
2: But we're all ears now. I got you, man. So I was fortunate enough, you know, we talked about Coach Pingator. And we talk about guys that I worked for and played under Brian Good, who's at Wingate University. Um, He played at Wisconsin. Um, Then you talk about I worked with Buck Joyner, who's the all-time winnings coach at Hampton. I worked for uh, Rob Senderoff, the all-time winnings coach at Kent State. Uh, Now Dusty May, who's won more games in two years than anybody in the history of FAU. So, like, I've learned from a lot of good people. So I got a wealth of stuff that I'll need to condense. To, to fit who I am, but I'm going to be probably a pressure guy, uh, a man-to-man, four-court pressure guy. Uh, we did this at Hampton, and we're doing this at Kent State. We switch one through four, so I'll, I'll stick to that. Um, you know, just depending on who your five is, if I have a shot blocking five, we'll get out in the passing lanes, but if I don't, we're going to play in the gaps and try to get steals from the gaps and, and switch underneath. Um, so that's probably who I'll be in my secondary defense. You know, right now, I don't know Either two three or one three one. Uh, I'm very um, intrigued by one three one because it's something different. It's like when you put your offensive plays in as a coach, you're not thinking, "All right, we gotta get these offensive sets for one three one." In you're thinking, oh, "All right, let's get our man sets, let's get our zone sets." Sometimes we might run our man sets against the zone, but you're never really thinking about the first thing. Your priority is not a one three one, so that might be something that that I may look at um, and, and just different stuff on the side or on the basket. So. I'll show you guys some, some unique things um, that I learned from some of these places. But one thing I would say, something that I learned from everywhere, is like Hampton, I learned, like, you can go under ball screens. We we don't see it often, but you can go under. And we would drop our big and go under. Um, I think you can jam ball screens. We didn't do it there, but I, I may be you know may be able to do that. I think having different uh, ball screen coverages would be good. At Kent State, what I learned, man, offense organization and – and just one we did a 131 one with our big at the bottom which is unique and I'll show you guys that um and at at um FAU man Dusty's really good with some of his offensive sets, uh, offensive organization and just player development and relationship with players but I'll I'll show you some of the stuff. I got like 8 minutes but I I'm going to go right to the 131 one, and I'll I'll skip through some stuff as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. Can you guys see this? Yep. Yep i say just watch the volume on it on your uh, – Yep, I got you. Okay, let me skip through because I, I prepared, like, some – a lot of stuff that I learned from several different places. Okay, this is uh, 131 Kent State. And, and if you have any questions, please stop. But I got a few clips of these. So, right now, we're playing 131 one out of bounds. Okay. So, you may say, dang, how do you play 131 one out of bounds? So, with our five – Our five is going to be able to ball, and I think I have another clip. So our five is going to be able to ball, and everybody else is basically going to be in their same positions. Now, if they have a one-four lower, we're just going to match up then get into man-to-man. We're going to bring our guard right here, and we're going to have our three wings just right there. But you'll see it in other possessions. But we got so many deflections and so many good things out of this one-three-one because nobody's pretty much prepared for it. Right. So it'll always be a one-man on the ball, correct? Yeah, the, the five-man is on the ball. So, right now, you, know, you see our five-man. And basically, that's all they could do is throw it out. Yep. So, and everything else is almost like two, three from there. Then you see our five-man. He should be in the middle, but he's over here on his wing, low wing, low block. But right now, you see the, the top guy forcing them into the middle guy. Mm-hmm. And, and one reason why we played this is because we want to play two bigs. At like Kent, we played two bigs early. Then we got to our one big four guards. But uh, when somebody's scoring, you want to make adjustments. You want to go to a secondary defense. So we played this. And honestly, we went from – we are 11 and 10 right there. We won like 10 straight games mm-hmm. in the conference tournament. But you see how out of whack these guys are. Yeah. And we got around. So one thing, and I hope I got a clip of it going to the corner. So if let's say this ball was to go to the corner, mm-hmm. this wing, which we prefer him to be taller. That's our point guard. We just put him on the wing. He would go directly to this guy's ear and force him to the baseline. Okay. People so have to get around, and this basically converts to almost a two-three. This wing will step and get to the middle of the basket, and this wing will play anything opposite. So that's how you would would guard the corners.
0: Okay.
2: But the biggest thing is try not to let it get there. And the the middle guy in this is always the ball stopper. Yep. So he's always the ball stopper, basic ball stopper. Ball stopper and the wing guy – the wing is supposed to – do not let it get to the corner. So now we put – usually our starting center, we put him in the middle and he's got to get to the ball and the big's got to step up. And you see the rotation from our wing. So we got this drive. He's got to drop, big step up, and number thirty got to fan out almost like a two-three zone, and he didn't, but he should be fanning out for that kick to one. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is rebounding. Yeah. Your guys got to rebound in this. Now I- I'll ask this, uh, mm-hmm.
0: if you don't know, mind. Yeah. How many charges can that middle guy get? You know, because y'all uh, funneling, you know, the offensive guy to the middle where. You know, you've got your wing and and whoever picks up the ball, everything's funneled to the middle. Have there been, do you
2: guys chart how many charges you would want your middle guy to take on a drive? Well, you know what's crazy? Our our middle guy is usually like a center because we play like forward center. So it's tough for them to get charges. But what would happen is the charge usually came from the corner guy driving and our five man stepping up. So the would force him, run to his ear and force him to the short corner. And if he drives, our big will step up, and they'll take charges there. So that's where a lot of charges occurred. But we didn't get too many charges from the middle because you got to think about the, the fives on the move taking a charge. So <laughs> let's say right now, if he was to go right now and drive it, that would be tough for five to get there and take a charge because they're just not that great okay. on the move taking charges versus gotcha. just getting there, standstill charging. So, Keem, um, the, the basic alignment for this
3: would be um, the five on the on the back line, mm-hmm. of the one, three, one, and then you would have the four man in the middle, you would yep. say, and one, two, one, one, one. Now, how, what would you do with the top? Would that be a one or would you use the, your longest wing? Like, how, how yeah. would you make the
2: uh, – So, the top guy would be your longest – usually your three, your longest wing and preferably mm-hmm. one of your most athletic players because, right. honestly, them coming downhill, if it's a lot of long shots like this right here – he should be able to try to get that rebound. Right. Uh, The only thing that's bad about it is if you got a smaller guard on the wings they can just throw it over him because he's supposed to take away the shot first on the wing, then take away corner, so they can throw it over him. But you see right now, he's one of our most athletic guys, so he's getting the rebound. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So I'll go to – let me just show you, I'm, I'm gonna show you guys one thing that we did here that I I'm 100% will take with me. And this is basically uh, going man in a high post. I'll show you two things real quick. I'll show you outside ball screen, how to defend that. And I may get to man in a high post. So ball screens in general, we here we go under, stunt and get back, stayed a little bit too long, like any zone, like any zone. Wings supposed to be high like any zone. Mm-hmm. So the only thing we do different at FAU, the ball going to the high post, we go man. Okay. So we should be matched up. And Zay messed up a little bit on that. Our wings are usually really high. We don't want them flat. Like, we're, we'll be, we will give up a lob, but if we put it on the guards. Like, if we give up a lob, we put it on the guards. You got to have good ball pressure.
0: Now, is there a certain point that you guys – say in this in this two three zone that you bump the wings back down? Like is it foul yeah. line extended usually or is a little higher? Like what's what's so, the point that, that you guys would push the wing back down or
2: below guys... we push down everything besides below foul line extended. Okay. In this zone too, one thing is so step ups. How do we do our step ups? Usually you go under, but we do something different when we exit. You see that? So, mm-hmm. we're going to – it's a ball screen. Sorry, I went back too much. Step, this is a step-up ball screen. Other guard's going to exit. Yep. So, that's, that's something that we do a little different than others. Wow. Good stunt, great stunt. So, this dude right here with the ball, second leading score in the league, 20 points a game. Watch this, this X. I mean, that's a tough shot. And that's what that's the type of stuff we want. Hey,
0: and, I, and I'm gonna say this too. Keaton Wallace is a bad boy. I try to beat him.
2: Bad boy. So ball hit high post guards fan out. So this is our first year. We stayed in the zone. Last year, we uh we matched up to men. So usually we would match up the men right here. And I think I'm gonna take that, take that with me anywhere I go. So, guards in, you know, you know wings in, ball got to high post, wings in.
0: Now, is, is there a call for that or the guys just automatically, you know, like what you call?
2: Automatically got to get to the top of the box. So, okay. any, anytime the ball gets to the high post, you got to get to the top of that box. So, right now, so ball's in the high post. Number one's got to run and get – because that's where they're going most of the time. They're trying to feed the high post and, and drop it off. Then if he's not there, say he's out in the corners, then you got to get to the corner. Got gotcha. you. And it's the five's job to buy that guy's time. So he won't throw a direct pass. Right, right. You see how he, our five right here? Yep. Really good with his hands. Yep. Got to be active. Yeah, got to be active. So you guys see that. Let me see if I can get um, short corners. All right, some more offense. Dusty May is really good at offense. I, I'll show you a couple of things that we do. Um, him and Cindy man, they're really good. They're really good. I'm learning from some good dudes. So, right now we got a, a twist ball screen, right? Mm-hmm. So you guys see our big on that opposite block. And and we are we're gonna screen in for our big. Boom. So ball screen, screen in. And and the thing that's tough about this, right, is bigs are their, their mind is saying, I'm standing in the basket. I'm standing underneath the basket. My big is not running out shooting three. So they never really guarded this. Right. A big trying to – just imagine what the NBA is doing, like a, on BAM, setting a guard ball screen on BAM. A guard comes setting ball screen. Another big's usually not ready to guard there unless you're Anthony Davis. But right. Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, they're not guarding it. Same hey. thing here. Like hey, it's, we, uh,
0: we had to make sure we had a shot
3: town reference in there. Yeah, right? I, knew, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> And, and you know what? Uh, I got Anthony Davis. Yes, there's no argument there. I can't, can't argue. And I, I said Jamel McGee, too. I had two of them.
0: But hey, you know what, uh, Kim, if you can, just bring this back and uh, if you can just uh, describe it for our listeners so they know they can get a visual for it. Uh, obviously, they can watch it on our YouTube page. But uh, for those that are going to listen on the podcast, you can just give them a visual of this action. Uh, that would be great.
2: And a lot of teams run this in the NBA. Actually, in our league, UTSA runs it. So it's just a screen opinion for the bigs. So what number 15 did a good job of twisting this ball screen. So, just like we've seen with LeBron, they set a twist flat on LeBron and Jimmy got semi-fouled or whatever you want to call. It's the same thing. So basically created a little confusion. So everybody's staring at this. And number 15 is our leading scorer. So, you know, you got to be a little worried about him. But the big is underneath the basket right there, staring. And and our best shooter goes instead of a pin in and and he gets him wide open for a three. And, so and that's okay. that, that was a that was a one that was a one-four ball screen. Yeah, one four ball one screen. Four ball, one four and middle, a two, middle two, two five pin in. Gotcha. So so that's really good if you got a really good shooter at the five spot and we do. We lucky that we do have a good shooter. Hopefully he, he continues to shoot well this year. So, FIU is really good at denying. So, they make every catch tough. They're going to be on top of you. Um, so, right now, we cut our four through. You see how on top of him he is? Yep. So, he's on top of him, grabbing him. He can't get an entry. So, what we did was our guard basically screened his own man, basically plowed, if you want to say, because they never call us, screen his own man, then he screened him. Mm-hmm. And our, our big screen, his guy, and we got an open layup. And, I, and I'll run that back. So when we talk about screening our own man, that's really good for teams that's overly aggressive on wing catches. That's really good for switching teams. And you often hear it when you're going up against zones. So right now, our guard is basically screening his own man, and he's screening that man. He did a good job because usually we just say, screen your own man into that guy. Right. But he screens his own man. And a little up screen for this guy, and we, we got that's extra, extra effort right there. Yeah, and, and you see what'll be open on the weak side. Usually we'll get a hammer, but he helped so much it was no need for a hammer. So he had a layup and he had a kick for three. Hey, that, that kick you can get
0: whatever you want on that weak side. The kick was open. The hammer if you wanted it, yeah,
2: no doubt. And, and so a lot of teams are switching now. So what can you do on switches? And you guys may have seen this. Boston Celtics ran a, a variation of this. So you see that 1-4 ball screen. We got the switch. We, we would love to have 15 in the post against this kid right here. Our big gets up to the elbow, and we just dive. And he's open already because he's ball watching. Our big just dive. Our four just dives, and he's wide open. And And number 13 can do several different things. So say he wasn't open. Say 15 went with him this guard is going to help anyway. Opposite guard is going to help. He can just pop to the extended elbow for three, or he can just flash in there, get a high, low, or rip drive right. Yep. So it's several different things, and it pulls your center away from the basket. So right now we we got that cut because they're switching. So on switching teams, if you can get, if you can get your four matched up and diving with your five passing, that will really help you. But the biggest thing I learned here is screening your own man is something that we do. Um, a lot of A lot of teams are not good at screening, and quite, quite frankly, we're not the best the best at it. But we screen our own guys. So if you screen your own man, man, and apply your own guy, heck, you apply your guy into the uh, to his guy, then we'll be open. So we do a lot of that in practice. We do a lot of that in player development.
0: And you know what? It uh, came to you know. I, obviously, you know, you and I we've spoken a lot and and you and Matt have have spoken a lot, was talk about that screening your own guy. Uh, Because when you first brought that up to me, it it was weird in in the sense, can I ask you this about the screening actions? Are you worried about offensive fouls being called? And you you brought up a good point. Hey, they can't call everything. Yeah. You you know.
2: They can't call everything. And the other thing is they're barely looking at that. Like, I, we've never got called for a foul on that. Because then you got to think, too, usually it looks like they're holding you. So you're right. just walking them down. Just put your hands up, walk them down. It looks like they're holding you. And you end up screening your own man. And, and he's getting in the way of his guy, which allows our guy to get open. And sometimes, like you'll see, you saw in our video, sometimes you can screen your own man and you can step in front of that guy and it'll be two screens. So you can't switch. Mm-hmm. It's really good for going against switching teams. You can screen your own man in zone um, and, and regular regular man-to-man. Man. Like you saw in that, uh, they're trying to de- deny our wing entry. You screen your own man, and then you screen his man, you'll get wide-open shots and wide-open layups.
3: Right.
1: Are there any,
2: key, any keywords you use for that or points of emphasis, things you um,
3: emphasize on defense? Because just that one clip that you showed, like that kid – screening his own man and then going to uh, making the second effort to screen the other defender, like that's something you don't see a lot. So, you know, obviously if you guys are doing a great job coaching, um, and emphasizing those type of things. But are there any, you know, buzzwords or, you know, just anything that, you know, I guess kind of influence your guys to make those type of second efforts to not just, you know, get in the way of their own man. But no, let, let, let's make make it a point to get our guys open.
2: Yeah, so so the guy that was screening, he's been in the program so long, so he's got so many reps, so he knows when to do it. But mm-hmm. we'll stay, you know, two days out. You know, you're doing scouting. Hey, this team is going to deny it. this is what we can have open. You know, you'll be able to screen your own man, and this guy will be open. Uh, but the, the more that they're in the program, the more they'll learn because we'll keep reiterating, hey, that was an opportunity for, for you to screen your own man. And we show the same stuff to our guys. Mm-hmm. So even our freshmen have gotten better at it. Uh, when we're playing live, they'll screen their own man. We switch. Mm-hmm. It really helps them because we switch on defense, so they're figuring out, okay, I need to screen my man because it's not like I'm going to be able to screen this guy because we're switching. Right.
0: Yeah, And you know, I'm going to ask you this, and the play, play that you gave with the 1-4 uh, screen for the 2-5 pin in that's hard to guard for a couple reasons. Like you said, five men, they can't get out there and, and guard that, uh, even if they know it's coming, they're not quick enough. You know, it's hard for them to be, and I don't want to use the word program, but think about this, how we tell our guards to fight over a down screen. You got to get low, get on the guys, the outside of his hips, and ride him out, right? It's hard for a big guy to do that, to move out there, on that screen, get on the outside of the hip, and then be ready to close out with, with a high hand. And and I guess is that some. I know you guys have that in in your offensive package, but could that be a late
2: game situation that you use as well, or is yeah. it okay? Yeah, we use it all the time, and we like we'll we have a key word. We'll say it, and the guys know. We'll we'll run a play, and we have a key word for that. You know, the guys know what that word is, and, and they'll just play out of that. But one thing that you said is uh, a big trying to get out, out trying to guard that. Like, that's tough. And, and that's what we try to get our players to understand. It's hard for, for bigs to do several things. Like, for instance, ball screens. If They switch a five on you. You know, our guys and our players now and everybody. Like, we go to YMCA. We're going to be like, oh, hold the ball, shake it 18 times, trying to get into the post, Right. What about just making that big change direction? Like, it's tough to get a straight line drive on a big because they may be able to move with you that first straight. Like, if you just rip and drive it. If I'm a big, I know he's going right, which our bigs do. If he's going right, I can get to that side and beat him. But if you make an exchange move, you're going hard right, and you exchange it, and you get space. That's why you see all the NBA guys, the rundos. They back up to half court when guys are on them, big guys, even LeBron, because they want to get space to drive it to exchange those bigs. Because it's hard to drive a decent big laterally when they're just not changing. But when they have to drop their foot back and they change, they struggle. And it's the same thing with that. If your momentum, you go from standing big underneath the hoop to, oh, shoot, I got to get out there. That's not good for a big to do. Bro. Exactly. It's unique stuff that you can do and that you can teach. Same thing with coming off a screen, right? So we don't. A lot, of, a lot of us, not including us and everybody around the country, don't set up great screens unless you're, you know, some Midwest Big Ten basketball, um, you, know, motion, right. you know, motion teams, uh, Utah State, uh, you know, teams like that. So what you try to do is get your momentum and get the defender's momentum going backwards. So say you're getting a middle pin down. You got to fake like you're going to the hoop hard to get that defender momentum going backwards. Then you're sprinting out then maybe he'll get hit with a screen, but at least you know he's off balance and you create a separation by his momentum going backwards. Or you want him to relax. You know, we've all seen it. Reggie Miller, uh, Richard Richard Hamilton. Like, we've seen them just stop, and then they're running. And that's all they're trying to do is get that defender to relax. Or we've seen somebody cut this way to get the defender cut in one way and you go the other way. So that's different ways um, you can create advantage to get a shot off. Without even using the screen, right, right.
0: Now I'm gonna say this, and I don't want to get this up to any, you know, conference USA opponents. (laughs) Man, uh, there was a play, Matt, and and I guess we can show it to you off the air. We don't want to give it up, (laughs) man. Yeah, there's a special situation play that they run at FAU. I'm not going to even lie to you, King, when you showed it to me. I drew that player up and just threw, like, different wrinkles to it. And,
2: ah. Yeah. No, I would say this. Like, I'm lucky because, like I said, Cindy um, and Dusty are really creative with the board. Now, Buck is like Jermaine Merrill leading scorer in the country. Like, dude, I'm going to give you the rock and you go play. And that's a gift, too. Because that's hard for coaches to, to hey, I'm going to give this young man the ball and he's going to make plays. And Buck's been doing that for years. And that's, you know, the reason why he's winning. And the reason why Cindy's winning, because he's a magi- uh, a magician with the board. And the reason why Dusty's winning, because he has a combination of both. But it helps it helps you. Like, you know, man, I can get – I got this in my bag now. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he passed this to me. So, man, I'm going to put this in my computer or on my Lacey and when – when that time comes, I'm going to run this, you know, whether it be and you know, like I may be coaching AAU someday. Who, who cares? Like I may be coaching, you know, my daughter or if I have a son, I may be coaching high school or a division two. It don't matter. Like I'm going to bring this play with me. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate, man, to work for some good dudes that have uh, creative minds like that.
0: All right. You know what? Can I just tell you what I named the play? Is that OK without giving it up? <laughs> What's your name?
1: It? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, uh, uh, but, hey, like I said, I, I don't want to get that up, you know, because you guys might need it at some point this year. But, hey, just know uh, it is in the Ryder Bronx package <laughs> for sure. Um, but, now nah, that that was good stuff, man. Uh, and, and now, you know, after seeing that, man, I don't know about you, but now – I kind of want to get back into this Chicago, New York thing. Okay. Um. So we we spoke about the pizza, which I'm not really a pizza guy. So I will let y'all have that.
3: Your Brooklyn pass is getting more and more revoked every almost every every episode. Well, can, can I can I say why? Can I say why? Like. Yeah. Sure.
0: All right. So. I'm I'm just not I'm just not a pizza
2: guy, man. i
3: <laughs> that, that's, that's the and, We
2: we all can agree <laughs> to this though. One thing I know Chicago and New York has is great hole in the wall spots where you can get dinner Absolutely. for like $5. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. It don't have to be pizza. Yeah. That's yeah. what i totally do this about, you know, the big cities like you're going to be able to get dinner for $5 or $6 and you're going to be, mm-hmm. gonna be, well, gonna be And and I'm I'm going to say this.
0: So, yeah, I'm a basketball guy. But I come from a West Indian family, so you know, like I, I need like my golden crust, and, mm-hmm. and not even golden crust, like like you said, little hole in, in the wall spots where I can get my rice and beans and chicken. Uh, you know, my, my oxtail. When I wasn't, uh, when well, I'm not eating meat now. I'm trying something different. You know, so I, I need those places. So you know, I, I let you guys talk on the pizza thing, cause that's not my thing. Okay. Uh, I wanted to touch on the basketball stuff, so we spoke about the pros. But now, I want to take it to the high school stuff, right? And, Kim, I'm going to be honest. For me, growing up, I thought New York City high school basketball was the best anywhere. I remember being a kid in in, in the early to mid-90s. I remember going to watch... Lincoln High School practice and, you know, watching Stefan Marr as a 12th grader, um, who was, to me, God at, at that point in time. Uh, but then they had another young man by the name of Jamel Thomas that, that was pretty good. Shout out to uh, 530. And then fast forward, right? When I get to high school, I got guys like Kenny Adelake who uh, actually went to school with me. Uh, Kenny and I went to Hartford together, transferred from Hofstra, who originally was committed to DePaul. Uh, so, when Kenny hears this, he's going to remember that. And uh, Gary Irvin played at Roberson that went to Arkansas and Mississippi State. Um, Taekwon Good went, went to Fairfield. So, you know, we always had names, right? And, and I was New York City through and through. And I'm going to tell you where I started to give Chicago a little bit of love. When y'all came out with Preps, Preps, oh, <laughs> Matt. Matt, I don't yeah. know if you remember that show Preps. Mm-hmm. The, the Eddie King story. Uh, um, uh, Jason Straight, Jay Straight, Jay Straight mm-hmm. used to have all the nice leathers too. Growing up, uh, I forget the name of the project that he grew up in. I was like, Yo, how you getting all them nice leathers living there? The Robert Taylor Homes. He lived in the Robert Taylor Homes when i Don Dockery. Sean remember. Yeah, I remember that show. And and all them dudes was nice. They didn't get my respect, though, because I was from New York, right? But the one dude that got my respect, Luke the Head. Yeah. I was a big big Luke the Head fan. Yeah. You know, 6'4", and I'm going to ask you your opinion on this, King, and I don't want you to get in trouble. If you want to get in trouble, you don't need to talk about it. I always wondered what would have happened if he didn't go to Illinois.
2: Man, that's a lot. That's a lot of guys. They they wonder that. Like, and, and same thing goes with Sean Docker because Sean Docker is so good. Like, what would have happened if he would have went to do? Would not have went to do. Um, I, man, if he had the ball in his hands, who knows? Man, they did get to the national championship though. Playing for your state school, you you kind of put them. You know, they were always on the mac, Map after Frank Williams, but. You know, he established something really special there. But who knows, man, if he could have went somewhere with the ball in his hands. Because in high school, literally, he used to dribble the ball between his legs all, all, all the way up the floor. Mm-hmm. He was a, a, a more athletic Frankie Williams. Frankie Williams is from Peoria. He was way more athletic. Um, he, he was a hell of a player, man. And and in in my neighborhood and everywhere I'm from, like, we saw so many. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Uther was good, but Will Bynum was yeah. everybody was trying to get tickets to watch him play. And he was – I think he was on preps um, a couple of times. Like, those guys – and when I was a kid, I was a ball boy at Proviso West Holiday Tournament. It was the premier holiday tournament around the country. It probably had, like, 50 NBA players, all the way back to Doc Rivers. And, I mean, I got the chance to see so many good players play. Uh, Ronnie Fields, Kevin Garnett, um, Corey McGatty. You know, I got a chance to see all these good players play as a young, young student of the game as being a ball boy. And I'm like, man, I got a hoop, you know, even in my neighborhood. So I'm from the Bellwood Maywood area where Doc Rivers is from Maywood. So you got Doc Rivers, you got Shannon Brown, you got D Brown, you got Corey Maggette, you got Michael Finley. You know, Michael Finley, uh mom lived right down the street from me. So you see all of this and you, you like, man, I can make it because you see all of that. And, I just saw some good basketball, though, too, man. I'm talking about as a fan. I'm sitting here, like, watching, like, man, this is better than the NBA in my mind. Besides watching the Bulls, obviously, I'm watching, like, some of these dudes play. Like, how is he in high school? Mm-hmm. Like, how was uh, Quentin Richardson in high school? I mean, he looked, like a, he looked like a grown man that should have been in the NBA. Like, we're talking about even Nick Irvin, who's, you know, Mac Irvin family. Nick Irvin averaged 34 points a game in high school. Like he was one of the best shooters to ever come out of Chicago. So it was a lot of good basketball. And I can't even give you, I mean, a player that I, I think was better than one. I mean, it's two names come to mind that I was just like, I would pay money to go see his Ronnie fields. He was ranked number two behind Kobe Bryant. He was on uh, Kevin Garnett's team. And Kevin Garnett will tell you this all the time. Like he's one of the best players he ever played with. Uh, and the other one is Paul McPherson who got a short stint with the uh, Phoenix Suns. But they were really good, man. And, just the basketball every day. The, the Red West was tough. Um, and even when I played, and I told Marlon this, so I played against two guys, the two toughest guys I played against was probably um Jeremy Pargo, who gave me like 42 cooking. We beat him, but before the game, he's like, Kim, you know I'm about to get 40. He got like 42. And I could tell Marlon this. Coach Pingator, legendary co- coach, my senior year, like he's like, King, we got the win. I'm looking at him like, man, whatever. He scored 42 on me, man. Like, I ain't trying to hear that. Like, we got, yeah, we won, but he scored 42. Keem, no, like, he's a volume scorer, man. Like, you did your job. I'm like, man, I'm not trying to hear that. (laughs) Like, he scored 42. Then uh, probably my best game of my high school career was against D. Brown. Um, And for the listeners, D. Brown that went to Illinois, Utah Jazz, that D. Brown, the younger D. Brown, not as old as, you know, the older D. Brown. But uh, D. Brown, I'm a sophomore. D. D Brown's a McDonald's All-American and he's averaging like 26. It's like 71 players on their team. In St. Joe's, my freshman year, we took a lump. We weren't that good, uh, which is crazy because for us to be that bad. And our sophomore year, we got back into the mix of things, and we're playing Proviso East for the regional championship. I mean, it's, it's sold out. You pull up, it's about 100 people standing outside. It's sold out, and the neighborhood in there, when I'm talking about the hood is in there, they are in there. And um, and I just told myself before the game, man, I love D. He's my mentor. But if he crossed me, I'm going to foul the heck out of him. So it happened. He crossed me. I fouled him so hard. And he could tell you guys this story. I fouled him so hard, he threw the ball at me. <laughs> so he got attacked. You know, I was in a little foul trouble. But I did play really well. And and Shannon Brown killed us. And to be honest, my, my sophomore year, my junior year, I lost to advisor. East. So D left. Shannon Brown was still there. So, you know, I lost to them, and I finally surpassed them um, my junior And then my senior year, we lost to Simeon. But Derrick Rose wasn't on varsity because they had, they had some really good players. And at the time, they didn't believe in bringing their young guys up. So they had Calvin Brock, who's uh, Mr. Basketball, and he ended up going to Illinois. But, man, I got a lot of pride, just like you guys got in, in New York. I got a lot of pride in the basketball. Um, the basketball region that I come from. And and I'll tell you guys this. If you talk to somebody that's our age and they don't know who Ben Wilson is, then you should take their street cred from him. Right. Anything that got to do with basketball in Chicago, you should ask them, hey, there's a guy that, that went to Simeon that wore 25 back in the 80s. What's his name? And if they can't give it to you, take their street cred from him. Gotcha. Yeah, nah, true, true. But now, man, I'm
0: going to ask this, man, and I know you're going to remember it. And Keem, I, I want your thoughts on it. It's not even a question. It's something that needs to be done. They need to bring back that Wendy's classic. Just for the bragging rights of uh, Chicago versus New York. And, and and we're gonna take the New York guys, even if they go to prep school out of out of state. State. we're gonna bring them back for that. That's the key. That's the key. Yeah. So but, but you know what's funny? You know I never really liked that game. Cause it seemed like it was always in Chicago.
2: <laughs> they never had a chance to play the game in New York. I thought we had bragging rights, though. I thought like if you win, cause did we not win? I, I don't know.
0: I, I don't know. It just seemed like every year, it was like yo, we gonna have it at uh, the, the Rosemont. I said in Rosemont the mm-hmm. Rosemont. We gonna play out there, and I'm like yo, this game's in Illinois every year, like. We got venues in New York where we can play this game. But I I ain't going to lie, every year it came on, I watched it.
2: Yeah, me too. Me
0: too. And every year I said, yo, we winning it. And there were some years that we were lucky. Um, You know, but the one year that I remember, and like I said, uh, my man Kenny Adelike, like, it's my guy. He's the one that caught the Luther head move. Like, Luther squared him up at the top of the key, Size them. I, I had never seen this in a game. He sized them up, threw the ball off the backboard from the top of the key, three point on top of the key, spun off them, and dunked it. And mm-hmm. I, I have the video. So for <laughs> those that don't think that this happened, I have the video at my mother's house in Brooklyn, New York. It
2: happened. We got we to get that video. We got to get that sent to Lou, man. Oh, no. Yo. We gotta- you got to record it so I can send it to Lou. I'm, I'm going to tell you what's crazy. I'm going to call Kenny again.
0: I teased him about it when we were in college together. I'm like, yo, Kenny, what were you thinking when Luther did that? Like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Those fighting words. Yeah, yeah we got to get the video. I don't know personally know Luther, but I can get to D. Brown and have him send it to Luther. I, I have. Been, and shout out to Kenny delicate, man,
0: in his own right. Um, that dude was a walking double-double in high school and in college, Um, you know, if you don't know him, look him up, Uh, 6'8", 240. He older now, so he might be 260, but that's my man. So, it's all good, Um, but for you, King, what we'd love for you to come do one day, we just want you to come take a look at New York City, the playground, right? Because I think New York City playground is better than Chicago playground. That's just my opinion, Mm -hmm. but, you know, the same way you and Matt going to flip-flop on that pizza, you and I will flip-flop on, on the playground game. Yeah. You, you know, i I come take a look at the Chicago playground and see if I can find some studs. You come do the same out this way, man, and, and
2: we, we talk about it. Um, oh, yeah. I know how I know how important uh, outdoor basketball is in New York, man. We had uh, Mike Tullett at Hampton. Yeah. And he's, from what I hear, he's like a big-time playground. Not a legend, but – you know, uh, one of those guys that everybody respects on the playground. And and I think he played harder in New York City outside of the playground than he played at of So,
0: Yeah, now, and you know what? I, I think universally we're slowly bringing that back, you know, of playing in the playground. Because think about it like, cats just want, and they do it a lot now. They got to go to a gym to go work out, right? Uh-huh. And nobody wants to necessarily play. So I got to go, I'm about to go work out, and everybody got to train. Well, Think about how we got better. Yo, we got better about playing in the park. No question. Playing against the older guys, and it was like, yo, you didn't want to mess up with the older guy because you knew you weren't going to get picked again if you messed up. So th- those w- were, you know, the ways w- we got better, man. And before we wrap up, when I tried to recruit a kid from Chicago one time, man, and this is a true story, man, uh, I tried to recruit John Mills, man. Like, yeah. R.I.P. to John Mills. Yeah, man. no question. Um, John Mills, man, John Mills was about six. He wasn't no taller than 6'4", and I might be giving him an inch. The hardest playing dude I've ever seen play in my life. Uh, he played at um, – he played for Coach Orr, right, and, and uh, R.I.P. to Coach Orr as well. Played at North Lawndale.
2: North yeah, North yeah,
0: yeah, North. At, at North Lawndale, Right. And, you know, I know we're talking about our Chicago-New York battle, but this way I had respect for Chicago. So I get on the phone, and this when Mills is at – I think he was at Eastern Utah Junior College. And I call him, and he's in class. And he's like, yo, Coach, what's up? I'm like, Mills, what's up, man? Yo, just wanted to check in on you. Hey, I- I'm in class. And I'm like, well – All right, man, if you're in class, I'll wait till you get out. Oh, no, the teacher ain't talking about nothing. What's up? (laughs) You know, know, this was during a time when, like, we're going hard to recruit John Mills. This is when I'm at St. Peter's. We're going hard to recruit John Mills, and we got to know John Mills and his people through Billy Garrett. Shout out to the OG uh, Billy Garrett. So I tell Mills, yo, man, we'll talk when you get out of class. So he calls me when he gets out of class. And I'm like, hey, man, we're going to go down uh, to Chicago to go talk with uh, Coach Orr and meet with your people. And, oh, word, hey, Coach, if you go down there, hey, you got to go hit my man such and such up on this street. And I'm like, Mills, I'm not doing all that because I've done my research on where John Mills lives. I'm like, yo, I just want to go talk to Coach Orr. Nah, you got to go stop at my mama's house. You got to go see this guy, that guy. And he was just a – Fun dude to talk to, man, and um, you know when, when I saw the success he had at Southern Miss, I knew it was, you know, it was, it was going to be that, um, you know, just with how hard he played, man, and when he passed, that was that was tough, man, because you knew he was destined for, for something
2: great um, playing the game of basketball, man. But he he was beloved by a lot of people, especially basketball players in the basketball community in Chicago. Like everybody knew who he was, like. Right. Same thing I'm saying with Ben Wilson, like – and Ben Wilson was uh, obviously a better high school basketball player than uh, Mills, but Jay Mills, like, everybody knew who he was and everybody loved him and respected him. Mm So, said RIP to him. For sure, for sure. Uh, Well, that's it for me,
0: man. Uh, Matt, you you got anything for Keem? If not, man, we'll, we'll wrap this thing up.
3: No, I definitely appreciate him coming. Uh, you know, learned a lot. Um, definitely got a sneak peek, as you said, because it's going to happen soon. Uh, I, I'm confident of that. We got a sneak peek of uh, potentially uh, from an X and, o, X and O version, what a, a Key Miscadine uh, program uh, might be doing on both ends of the floor. So that, that was great to see, but I learned a little bit. I liked, uh, you know, the the screening, um, just the, uh, the, the mentality and the attitude, especially if it's switching man to man. So that was you know great to see in a different look at a, a 131 so so I learned a lot um and uh, so you know it was great to have keem on I'm glad glad he made the glad he made a, uh, decided to bless us with his uh presence and uh yeah we'll still so we'll, we'll keep the uh the deep dish versus uh slice uh conversation going and, and see who comes out on top even though I already know the answer to that but um, <laughs> hey, it's been fun
2: hey man I'll tell you this my my wife loves new york okay so she'll probably say, and she had both. She'll probably say New York. So
3: okay, all right. So, so you know that,
2: that can be your that, home. That's
3: why she's the boss. She knows what's going on.
2: <laughs> she knows what's going on. No <laughs> question. Hey, I, I want to tell you guys thanks. I appreciate you guys. Um, and, and I got mad respect for both of you guys. Uh, obviously, you know we kind of been in the business and we grew together. Um, and, and I got total respect for New York. Great basketball place. Um, one of the best c- cities in the world. Um, total respect, just as much respect I have and ad- adoration that I have for uh Chicago and Illinois. I got mad respect for, for New York and its boroughs. Nah, and, man, uh, we appreciate you uh coming on, man, and, and
0: having a good time uh with us. Hopefully, you enjoyed yourself, man. And uh, after you come to New York and try our pizza, Matt goes out to Chicago try you guys' pizza. We're gonna come back here. And, uh, and and do it again, man. So, appreciate you coming on. Uh, well, Matt Collier, I'm Marlon Guild, and that was another episode of Bleachers and Boards brought to you by the Hoop Heads podcast. And make sure you check us out uh, on Twitter at Bleachers and Boards 1 and on IG at Bleachers and Boards. And make sure you check out the YouTube page to see what it is that Coach Akeem uh will be running when he becomes a head coach because, like, Matt Carter said it's going to happen. So with that, thank you for tuning in. It's another episode. We're out.
1: If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod, but aren't sure where to start, the team at my podcast manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started.
0: Well, that's another episode of Bleachers and Boards brought to you by the Hoopheads podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter Instagram, and YouTube at Bleachers and Boards. Until next time, see you soon.